we really don't have that jealousy, worry, or anything about losing each other. And when you don't have that, there's more room for joy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Girls Gone Deep, where we're going deep in more ways than one, talking all things sex, non-monogamy, relationships, everything that's working and not working, and so we're excited to have you here today. So I'm Elle. And I'm V. And we have a special guest today. My husband, M, is on the line, so we're going to get a nice little male perspective. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, I'm M. Um, I'm so excited to have you on because I always have really deep, beautiful conversations with you. And it's one of the things that I adore about you. And then we can, you know, get really silly with each other. And that's what I love about my relationship with Elle. And that's really why we started with this podcast. Um, And I assume that you have listen to the first couple episodes and know that we kind of talked about our whys in the lifestyle, how we found it. I'd love to hear a little bit about your perspective about how you and Al started out together because now I know and now we all know that you guys were fuck buddies in college. And then- Uh, once you got married, you were monogamous for many years and then you opened it up. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your perspective of that. What's your journey? <laughs> Let me tell you about my journey. Um, it was an unplanned, <laughs> uncharted journey. Um, when Elle and I first started dating, I, I did listen to the other podcasts, so you can verify, uh, I think previously she said that she was um, in a relationship with another girl. So I knew that she liked girls who wouldn't want to have a threesome. So we always talked about that. Um, Just never really made it happen. That story, I'll let you, if you have not heard that story, go back to episode one, two, Mm -hmm. maybe. One. One. L tells that story. Mm -hmm. Um, But once that happened, we were like, damn, this is a lot of fun. Let's do that again. And we were both on board with that. Fast forward, I mean, one thing just kind of leads to another. And we just kept doing a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Like, this is fun. I like that. Let's do that again. Do you want to try this? Yeah, let's try that. Um, That is a very condensed sort of version. There's a lot of like steps and things we did along the way, but it was not a decision where we sat down and we're like, Hey, do you know about this thing called the lifestyle? Do you know about open relationships? Do you know about ethical non-monogamy? We we didn't, we just wanted to have a threesome and (laughs) And we're like, how do we get more of that? (laughs) Yeah. So it was very, um, it was a very natural progression for us. I think we have excellent communication. Um, And I think along the way, when we would hit, I'll call them like road bumps of something that maybe pushed some boundaries or made us feel uncomfortable, they were really like learning moments. And that is what progressed our journey in the lifestyle. Would you be comfortable sharing one of those? Yeah, sure. The first one, 
that I think was like, whoa, you like, we had this rule and, and you broke it. And like, uh, this is bad. We said we would not play separately. We were away in Jamaica at Hedonism at Young Swingers Week. And I said, all right, I'm going to go play uh, volleyball in the pool, hanging out. And uh, Elle was like, all right, I'll be there soon. She wasn't there soon. So I'm playing volleyball. I keep looking over. I'm like, where is she? Like we had this agreement. We were going to stick together. I started getting worried. She eventually comes over to the pool and she has this huge smile on her face. As anyone that knows her, you can just kind of picture this smile. I knew the smile. I was like, you just been fucked. <laughs> I can picture it an, right now. <laughs> yeah. Not, not in an angry way, which is kind of what I thought. So then after we finished the game, um, we were just hanging. I don't remember exactly what happened. Came out of the pool, came and saw her, and she was like, hey, I got to tell you what just happened. So she told me she was on her way to come up to the pool to hang out for volleyball. And this couple we were talking to, she got sidetracked, pulled aside. They ended up in our room, I think. Yes, Elle? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah they walked by our room and I was outside and they stopped to say hello and then they started kissing and all this stuff. And yeah. I, you know, we had played with this couple the night before. And so mm. in my mind, I was like, oh, like, this is fine. Like, let's, let's just go in the room real quick. And I was like, okay, like we started to get into the heat of the moment and it, it didn't last very long. Cause then I was like, I really got to go. Like I started to feel like, okay, I, I can't do this. Like I gotta go. And that's when I came back to the pool and I told him right away, as soon as he was done the game, mm-hmm. Buckethead, you can pick it up from here. Yeah. So that was the first, first time where we had, we had established and set and communicated a specific rule. It was totally broken. And once I learned about the, that broken rule, I was like, hmm, I'm actually more bothered that we agreed to something and you didn't hold to your agreement than actually playing separately. Like mm-hmm. we had agreed to not play separately because we thought that would hurt each other, bother each other, would create a distance separation. I realized that didn't bother me at all. I, I was just more upset that that L didn't do what we agreed to do. And I think I communicated that right away at the pool. Yeah. We did not get in a fight. We didn't make it a whole big thing. It was just, that's what it was. All right. You're in a moment. You made that decision. But then like we use that as an opportunity where I thought to myself, that was actually really hot. I liked hearing about the story. Like, (laughs) Uh, I wasn't there. She did this like naughty thing. She came and told me about it. Super hot. So then it opened up the ability to like play separate. You know, we can do that. We can like test those boundaries a little more. Yeah. And 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 I would say that was a learning moment for our relationship and a learning moment for me because I felt extremely guilty when I told him about it. And then he was like, we weren't supposed to do that. And I was like, I, I know, I I don't know. You know, I got really upset. I think I was more mad at myself than he was at me. And I beat myself up more in that situation. But what I learned from that is our communication was so good that I had to forgive myself for my own mistake in that Mm. moment. Mm. 
because he wasn't holding it over my head. And I found that very admirable of him to, cause if it were me on the opposite end, I think I would have freaked out and he wasn't. And I was like, wait a minute, why are you? Okay. I'm human. I made a mistake. You're forgiving me. We've learned from it. We're moving on. Now I can forgive myself. Don't hold this against yourself. And it was, it, and I was able to let go and, and enjoy the rest of the weekend. Otherwise I wouldn't have, you know, I think that's a really important and beautiful kind of nugget because that is very true. Whenever we run into these roadblocks, sometimes it's easier to forgive another person than it is to forgive ourselves for mm-hmm. any transgressions that happen, quote unquote, um, in our relationships. And we have a little bit more grace and leeway for the other person than we do for ourselves. So I think that's really, that's, that's important. And, and especially if M was giving you that grace and was Mm -hmm. more okay with it, then it's like, okay, my partner's okay with it. What I did, I'm, I'm not super proud of it, but I can learn from this and move on. Exactly. And I will never forget that moment. And I don't, I could, I don't think anything else has ever happened like that. M, would you agree that that was our biggest hiccup? In a sexual situation. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm but so I, intrigued by that <laughs> answer. <laughs> I mean, how many times I tell her to close the kitchen cabinets? She doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, Seriously, though, like I really try to think about, you know, if I were to do something, if I make a mistake, if I do something that we didn't agree upon, whatever, like everyone is going to make mistakes. No one's perfect. So I don't want to hold L to a higher standard than I want her to hold me. That would be unfair. Mm. So I think anyone that's kind of navigating, especially early on in like a open relationship, lifestyle, whatever, you, you have to have that leeway and everyone needs to get a pass. You know, you can decide how many that is, what's fair or not fair. Now I'll say like, if she continued to do that, she's like, oh, I played again by myself. I know you didn't want me to, but that would, that's a whole nother ball game. Mm-hmm. But as mm-hmm. you navigate brand new uncharted territory, right? You're like, everyone is on their own journey. There's no one's path is the same. So you're just hatcheting your way through a jungle. So it's okay to make mistakes and you have to have that mm-hmm. compassion for the other person and understand that and see if you can grow from there. And then that mistake, quote unquote, led to the ability for us to start to expand to play separate because of how turned on I was about it. And then to add to that, you know, going through these experiences where we make mistakes, we demonstrate that we acknowledge the mistake, we talk about it. And then over time, as we make corrections along the way together, that establishes trust. Mm. So that when we continue to do these new unchartered things, we know that, you know, we have each other's backs and we're going to communicate through it. And, you know, that trust is what keeps everything secure. I think it's also interesting to think about this particular anecdote in the lens of like boundary versus rule, like versus agreement. Mm -hmm. So 
Was that a boundary or a rule? Like, did she break a rule or did she push a boundary? Oh, I broke a rule. That was broke a rule. Yeah, I like that was like a huge no no. Yeah. Yeah, but that also, I think that was the moment that we established we were like, rules are stupid and we should go with boundaries. Again, yeah, I think you guys have talked about that before, but yeah. pushing a boundary is good. That's good, right? Yeah, it's healthy. It, yeah. Breaking a rule is bad. Push those boundaries. How do you know what you like or don't like or what you think you might not like? When you're in those situations and you're feeling something, it's okay to push a little bit and have that trust in your partner that you can always come back and be like, eh, I don't want you to do that. It really didn't make me feel comfortable or I didn't like that. I don't want to do that. But it gives you that freedom and flexibility to do that. Yeah, you could have had a completely different reaction when she came back to the pool with mm-hmm. that smile on her face. But mm. you had the reaction that you did, which means that it was an opportunity to see like, hmm, this is something that also brings me joy. And I find it very sexy and hot. So here's an opportunity for us as a couple to expand a little bit more. Um Still not great that you (laughs) without my consent. However, um, yeah, I think it just like opens up the conversation and I think that's really beautiful. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. And how has the lifestyle affected the relationship with yourself? Oh, wow. That is a deep question. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you heard this is called Girls Gone Deep and now it's Guys Gone Deep? So get ready, bitch. Whenever someone's reflecting on themselves, that takes a little bit of time, thought, and energy. So without having adequate time to really do that off the top of my head, some of the things that I'm thinking about that just bring me personal joy that I've – things that I've seen change in me is definitely a level of confidence. Um, also being able to just stand in my own self, you know, it took a lot of years in the lifestyle, constantly thinking in parties or social settings or what we're doing. Is this okay? Should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? It's like what everyone thinks about all the time, all that stuff. And I've really gotten to a point where not that that doesn't happen, but there are just times where I'm like, I don't want to think about this anymore. I just want to do what I want to do. And not in a not in a, a bad way of do what you want to do, but I want to do what I'm going to do having fun and I don't care what other people think. I'm going to put that costume on or I'm going to dance like this or if I want to go sit out for a little bit and like take my own personal space, I'm going to do that and not worry about what other people are thinking. If someone's worried about me, they can come and ask and I'll tell them I'm okay. You know, like it really has helped take away the external factors and implications of what you think other people want, how other people want you to be and act. Um, so this journey has really helped with that, I would say for sure, because it's such an intimate thing with other people. Um, if you can be comfortable in yourself that way, it's good. So with that kind of takeaway and that um, that how it has affected your relationship with yourself, have you had moments where you lacked confidence? Yes, 
The answer would be yes. There's definitely those <laughs> times. The big one is, am I going to get my dick hard <laughs> when I play? Um, it's, I think every guy that I've met in the lifestyle has gone through that. Um, the funny ones are the ones that are like, my dick always gets hard. I'm like, oh, how long have you been in the lifestyle? And they're like, uh, a couple of months. I'm like, ah, wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. And then goes, add drugs yeah. and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. The problem is, it is a mental thing, not a physical thing. So as soon as it happens once, totally in your head. I mean, that's what yes. happened to me. I'm like, yes. in a situation, I'm like, what is going on? And then the more you think about it, and the more you're like, come on, that's the last thing. Because what you're thinking about is not something that's turning you on and you get hard when you get turned on. So if you're thinking about, why am I not getting hard? My dick's not hard, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's not hot at all. So your dick's not going to get hard. It doesn't even know what's going on. You have to be focused in the moment and present. And that took um, uh, a long time to figure that out. Um, I went through like a, I feel like, a consistent long time where I would have this anxiety going to play mm -hmm. or if I knew it was going to be in these settings, I'm like, Oh shit. And like, I don't want to think about it. I wasn't intentionally thinking about it, but it became this like track record, like a groove, like automatically my brain would think about it. And then in my head, I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm thinking about it. So now it's not going to work. So it's even worse. So I got to stop thinking about it. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about <laughs> thinking about it. So it was bad. It's a vicious cycle. Um, yeah, there there were some things cycle. that we kind of – we had some like safe bounds, you know, in party situations where, you know, there was a request where you and I would – you would say, hey, like when we start playing, like let's play together. You know, can you start with me first before you play with others, right? And this could just start transitioning out of this headspace and this pattern that he created for himself. He had to break this pattern to, to get out of it. It took some time, but it, you know, definitely – so that was helpful to like start together because that's your kind of like safe space. So you could get hard and then get out of your head and just then move on to other humans. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean. I like that. I'm comfortable with L, obviously. So if we start together and then I get hard, I'm like, yep. I'm hard. I'm going to take that exactly hardness and just go. And she knows exactly what you love and yeah. what will get you hard and get you off. Right. Yeah, she doesn't have to do much. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, um, so, yeah, there's there's a pattern there that you have to break. Otherwise, it's a vicious cycle that will keep repeating itself. But if there's any guys out there listening, which I hope everyone's listening to this podcast, share with your friends. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for the plug. <laughs> uh, completely normal. And Another, the whole other factor out of your own head of like what guys are thinking of, this is what a guy is thinking, shit, I'm not hard. I need to get hard. My dick, it's broken, blah, 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 blah. And then we're like, oh shit, girls are thinking that I don't like them, that they can't get me hard. And then it's a double layer. Eh, it's just, it is a vicious mental cycle. So for the ladies out there, know that it's not you it's me 
(laughs) (laughs) So, so what kind of measures and things do you do now to kind of help you through these situations? Would you say that they still happen to you ever? And what's kind of like your protocol for success? Totally still happens. Um, not as much as it did before, but now I'm a lot more okay with it because there's other things I can do. Um, I have pretty good fingers, got other parts, and then eventually mm-hmm. I'll come around. Um, so that's a good thing to do. L, I lost track of your question. Well, just what are some things that you do to safeguard yourself? So maybe you can dive into, are there any natural substances that you use or prescription stuff that you use from time to time? Or do you change the way that you do drugs in a certain evening? Are some drugs worse for you than others? Like what are, how do substances affect your dick? For me, drugs are bad for my dick. (laughs) (laughs) Drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. Drugs are bad for my dick. So (laughs) I know I'm sensitive to that. Everything like affects me. And then, yeah, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother ordeal. So I would say if you run into these problems and you find that you're doing drugs, even if you're drinking too much, um, whiskey dick is a thing. Like this happens to people. Um, Do less. You know, sometimes you have to make that decision, like, do I want to, like, you know, party and do some drugs and get fucking weird? Or do I want to have sex with all these beautiful ladies? You have to make I mean, we can resonate with that. We were talking about earlier how K is obviously an anesthetic and ketamine. And so for me, I don't orgasm as hard. Sometimes I can't feel my pussy and I can't fuck right away. So... It happens to women too. So drugs overall can affect your, you know, how turned on you are. Drugs can also make you hard. So there's this Mm. drug called um, Viagra (laughs) and Cialis. (laughs) Um, They work pretty well. Find your dose and what works for you. Um, I was getting some, it was the generic Viagra, Sidenafil, I believe. Um, The ones I was getting, for some reason, they would make my face so flush. I mean, I I know the reason it's how it's working, but my face would get hot and burn and like red. I'd be so uncomfortable. So I'm like, this isn't even good because I'm so uncomfortable. I can't even think about fucking right now. Mm. (laughs) Um, So finding like the right like dose and mix. And then someone gave me a Viagra. It was a different generic. It was a different color and a different size. I was like, wow, this is completely fine. So you got to find what works for you. And that certainly helps. So I have two questions. So do what you can. Um, Is it a prescription drug? Is it, I'm sorry if that's a stupid question, but is it over the counter? It is prescription. Mm Mm-hmm. So you have to like go to a doctor to get it unless you have friends who have it. Right. Correct. I would say if you go to any lifestyle party, there's going to be tons Someone of has pills. <laughs> Someone has it. Um, yeah. If you want to get it yourself, you could actually just go online now and do everything virtually. You don't even have to talk to anyone. You just fill out like a little questionnaire. You just kind of click through like you're taking an online quiz and they're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you qualify. You get Viagra. How much you want? Mm -hmm. We'll send it to you. Um, and then 
So you you still do all of the other drugs, but then just like pop a Viagra to make sure that even though you're on drugs, you will get hard. Like, is that how that works? It's not a foolproof method. The Viagra can't for a lot. Yeah, for a lot of people that I know, yeah, that's what they do. But that doesn't. I know Jay does something similar. I've never asked him his specific like how he does it or when he does it, you know? Yeah. It doesn't work. Um, for me like that. I, if I'm going to do like party drugs, I need to be more tapered down. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So that's your, that's your re- protocol for success. Do less drugs, find your special mix for dick enhancers like Viagra, and then start with your partner. Start, start with your with partner. Your partner. I love that. We've talked about this, Al, like, fuck first and prioritize sex over substances yes. and then reward yourself with the substance. Yes, afterwards. exactly. Like, have your fun. If you know that your goal is to, like, fuck Brandy and the DJ tonight, <laughs> then, <laughs> then go grab them before midnight and be like, bitch, mm. after this set, we're fucking bend and over then, no. <laughs> and <laughs> bend over and then I'm gonna do all my drugs. <laughs> Speaking so. of which, there's you know there's something else to this. Whole, I don't know if it's just the groups that we've hung out with or whatever, but for me, I feel like my dick is on its own schedule and it really likes to go to sleep like five midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you how many times I've been in situations where it's like, all right, we're going to uh, have an orgy. It's like 4 a.m. I'm going to do my best. But uh, you know what really turns me on right now? Sleep. <laughs> I'll still go for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you know, keep track of the time. Don't do too many drugs. Do mm-hmm. drugs that will assist in erections. This and, is prioritizing uh, you know, your sex. Yeah. yeah, I feel like this is a common theme where we party, 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 and then it's like four or five o'clock in the morning. We're all exhausted, but we're like, "Oh shit, we haven't even fucked yet." Like that's we still wanted to do a few things, and it's we wait so late to do it. And if I think about it, like we obviously do party drugs, but this can be applied to people who only drink and like don't do other substances, you know, because it's the same thing. When I, you know, was in college and I was drinking all night, like I was definitely hornier and probably sexier in the beginning of the night than I was at the end of the night (laughs) when I was like passed out, like slurring. Yeah, Yeah, slurring. (laughs) So yeah, I think- I'm not saying we're old, but there's definitely- there's definitely an, an age thing where it's like, I know it's an age thing because uh, sometimes I fantasize about sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I was going to, I was going to ask you, um, you know, is there anything that you would tell yourself if you could go back to your starting, you know, when you were in the lifestyle, what advice would you give to yourself as you're starting out? That's a, Tough question, and if I answer why it's a tough question, it's it's going to sound like a cheesy answer. So can I can I take that question and flip it back to to you guys? 
Uh, yeah, we. I mean, we did. Uh, we did uh, answer this in E and M. I think one the first two. Episode. Yeah, yeah two. two. Uh, my my response to that was, you know, earlier, M, you mentioned how sometimes you get in your head. Should I be doing this? Should I? How, how should I act? You're so, always so worried about other people. And my response to myself was, just ask the question instead of playing guessing games in your own head about what you think you should be doing or how the other person is feeling or if they like this or that, whether it's non-sexual or sexual, just ask them, Hey, is everything okay? Or am I acting normal or something? You know, am I doing anything that's off? And then you can just get out of your head and get back into the present moment and be back in your body. So that's my thing. Ask the question instead of cycling it in your head. Love it. Mine was, I believe like, be patient. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was be patient, but you can always change your answer, be right? It's a different day. Yeah. <laughs> be kind. I mean, for for me, <laughs> thank you. Yes, just normal life things. But for me, when I started out, and I think it was a different situation for you guys, so probably not applicable, but I was looking for my primary without knowing that I was looking for my primary and kind of trying to fit a lot of square pegs into round holes. And I I wish I could just tell myself, like, be patient. It will come with time. Like, you're on a journey, basically. And mm-hmm. so I guess just to make that uni- more universal, it's like – and now to apply that now because I do have my primary partner, it's like be patient with all of the discomfort that – comes up, any discomfort that comes up because of this lifestyle. And it could even be just social things. Like it's not necessarily even sexual things. Um, You know, just being around so many humans who are such big personalities and, um, you know, we're all fucking each other's partners. Like there's emotions that come up. And if Mm -hmm. there's something uncomfortable, just be patient with it, be curious about it. And you're on a journey. And I mean, it sounds trite, but like this too shall pass. And like, you get to the other side of it. You do. Mm-hmm. Get and it's to a, the other it's a learning it. moment, right? Yeah. Whatever that uncomfortableness is, you need to lean into that. Like, why am I uncomfortable? And what is that? And what does this mean? And how mm-hmm. do I move forward from here? Right. Once you're aware, you can create change and make it better. Yeah. So, Beautifully said. Yeah. Lean into the uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. for sure. So if I look back on our journey and where we've come to today, which is a massive growth, if you told me that, you know, eight, nine years ago, where where we would be, what we would be doing, would not have believed you. Yeah, Um, 100% agree. (laughs) Like, I don't have any regrets. So if I don't have any regrets, what could I possibly tell myself to do something different? Like, I think part of what got me here today and how I feel and how my relationship is with Elle, her relationship with me and us together, all of that was because we were adventuring into the unknown together. Like, if I literally could go back in time and tell myself something about this journey, I wouldn't because everything happened the way it was supposed to. Our relationship is phenomenal. 
Um, I feel very comfortable. There's nothing I would change. But I think the only way to get there is by exploring that stuff together, right? Hatcheting through the jungle, making your own path and figuring it out. If you don't have to figure it out and you don't put in that little effort of discussion and work and conversating and all that, then you're not really learning. So you're not really growing. Sorry, I don't really have something I would tell my younger self at this point. No, I appreciate that. That's a good point. And I envy that, you know, it's admirable, that response, honestly, that this is what made you who we are today and who we are, you know, and how our relationship is so strong is because of the experiences that we had together. But I think the most important part of that is we did these things together and we both grew together. A hundred percent. I was just picturing you guys as like these... um, explorers in the wilderness with your <laughs> machetes with no trail and i love it and what we look we exactly the same because we're <laughs> what are we wearing <laughs> <laughs> like loincloth type things or are we like uh, the hunter from jumanji with the helmet oh, <laughs> oh my god no definitely more loincloth situation <laughs> But in all seriousness, Em, I just feel like you're a really grounded individual. And I think that's really beautiful. And it's like a really great presence to bring to this. I think you make a lot of women feel comfortable. Um, Thank you, V. Yeah. I'm looking forward to DPing you. (laughs) (laughs) I can't fucking wait. Uh, By the way, speaking of DP... Part of my New Year's intentions (gasps) has been we're only like a couple weeks into the year and I have already did DP'd and done anal. (laughs) Wait, who who did you DP with? Uh, I'm so jealous. God damn it. Em, get up here now. Jay is sitting on the couch. We're waiting. (laughs) So this Wait. weekend, it was we were away this weekend, and we put in a butt plug in the one day before dinner. That was a picture that I texted you, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next night, we or two days later, we were hanging out at the lobby bar, and M was like, "Hey, you should put a butt plug in, and let's just hang out." And I was like, "Great!" So we had a few drinks, and we were whatever. And I think this night we started playing. We literally skipped dinner. Went right into the bedroom and just like hung out, put on some porn, set the scene. And from like eight at night until two o'clock in the morning, all we did was on and off playing, talking about fantasies. So having this like huge foreplay of a night, I was extremely turned on, really wet. And we started off with using the smaller dildos and the pegging dildo, dildo that we have. And then eventually- um, In your ass. Yeah, you put it in my ass. And then while you were in my ass, you put a dildo in my pussy. And- No, that was my dick. Oh, yeah. Your dick was in- Your dick was in my pussy. You're a pussy. And the dildo was in my ass. Yes. Yeah, Brad was in my ass. So it was with a dildo, but I successfully got- pretty fucked in the ass and it was it was nice i really so enjoyed you it felt the the feeling of that wholeness that i've heard about or like fullness that i've heard about like in my ass 
If, yes. With DP, I have heard <laughs> that there is this feeling of just like being so filled up in both holes that like, I don't know, yeah. it's very pleasurable. Yeah, 100%. I felt the fullness. Yeah, it was – I enjoyed it very much. I loved it. I didn't come that way, but I could definitely, definitely get there. Can I say, I think you need to do it with a hum- two humans before you can say you've really done it. I'm yeah. sorry. That might all right, be- <laughs> all right. I, I agree. Controversial. Because I think that there's an element – like I, I've, I've fucked Jay with a butt plug-in and it was a, a sizable butt plug. But – and so like I love that feeling, but I just like hearing – from both women who have received it and men who have done it, it just sounds like there's just this this there's there's a dance that has to happen. First of all, I just want to say I don't want to negate <laughs> your experience. I'm sorry. I love what you. What the fuck, V? And this you is suck. amazing. Um, and bravo <laughs> you because I certainly have not. You've been very goal oriented, and I think that's amazing. Um, <laughs> So when Jay describes it to me, because he's been the third in many like DP situations and I like pick his brain. I'm like, but where was she and where was he and where were you? And like, how does this work? You know? And it's just like, it's probably a very particular woman who is very comfortable with her DP to be able to take like thrusting. So I imagine there's like a real like reading each other and like it's very intimate, I would imagine. Em, can you weigh in, please? You're absolutely correct. It is very intimate. Um, there's a lot of connection reading through body language. Um, there's talking like this is going to sound silly. It is silly, but it's also true. There's like communicating through the way a vagina feels and an ass feels and the person and everything together um, because there are different level of experiences. There's some people that have never done it before that want to try. That's a very different experience than someone's like DP me again, mm-hmm. like you were saying, you know, um, so it all, yes, it's all very different. It is like a little dance. And now they all have it's to be a, real dicks is the rule. <laughs> to officially I, I qualify. Think so. yeah. 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 To officially qualify. Yeah. Um, it's a great experience. I love it. Yeah. So what what is it about DP that you really enjoy? To me, it just is a big turn on in my brain to have a girl getting fucked by two dicks. It's like the ultimate wanting to be fucked. Now it wouldn't turn me on in like a, um, like a BDSM, uh, um, situation or like a kink situation where she doesn't want it, but it's like the male fantasy, like forcing it like that, that not so much. But if a girl's like, Oh my God, not only do I want to get fucked, I want to get fucked by two dicks. And then we have another friend that's like, I need to get fucked by three dicks at once. Super. Let's do that. I didn't know it was possible. It's possible. We did it. I think it's has something to do with the desire of the female that's such a turn on. Well said. Well said. 
Another question I have is, I'd love to hear when was the first time that you guys truly experienced, and this is a question for you too, Elle, um, truly experienced compersion. And just, so for anyone who doesn't know, compersion is experiencing joy when someone you love, let's say, or, or someone else experiences joy. Um, and in the lifestyle, that's very often r- referred to with sexual experiences. So, you know, compersion is, oh, my partner is with their partner tonight and I am genuinely happy for them and that they are experiencing sexual pleasure, that they are experiencing just normal pleasure as a human because they like this other human. So, you know, just literally no jealousy, just you're happy for the other person. Can you guys speak to that? The <laughs> first time she did something separate without me, I'm pretty sure I was on a bachelor party and she had a night with her ex-girlfriend from college. <laughs> yes. Also the first I told time we that had a, a threesome yes. with, yes. Now, I had no problem with that. I was very turned on by it. I thought it was cool. She was having this alone night with another girl. I found out they took a bubble bath, super hot. But then I would say as we were like, okay, we're a couple, we're in the lifestyle now. Like this is our, this is our jam. I think the first time she played separately, she went to be a unicorn with another couple that we met. I'll let her kind of fill in the details there. But for me, I was, I just stayed home. She went and met this other couple they played. My only ask was send me some like pictures of you guys playing. Like uh, I want to be like, you don't have to like waste too much time. Don't get distracted by me, but I want to see like a couple of things. So she did send a a few pictures in the chat. We did know this couple. We had uh, met them before, um, gone out to dinner. I think a couple times I had never played with them when she got home. She came up to the bedroom and I couldn't sleep. I was just waiting for her. I think she just walked in the room. I made her take off her dress, skirt, underwear, whatever. I just laid off off the back of the bed with my head off the bed and just grabbed her and pulled her on my face. And she just stood over and I'm like, I just need to like put my face in your pussy just right now. Licked my you dirty, just dirty recently girl. cooked pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, Super before naughty. she could do anything. Yeah. Before you could, as soon as you walked in the door. Yeah. Um, it was really hot. Uh, the whole time sending in pictures, like you said, but when I left, I called M to let him know I'm on my way home and I gave him the play by play and I did all the talking the whole ride home. So by the time I walked in the door, he was just like rock hard. And it was, I think it was that, that phone call too, that started that fire. So it's Loved almost it. like it maybe me you on. felt you felt like part of it by hearing the play by play, like and getting pictures as it was happening. Mm, yeah, you know. So it's almost was, like he was involved. I was turned on prior to the play by play. Like I like to hear about that stuff. I think because we have in our relationship, we've worked through the jealousy part so quickly. 
Like we have demonstrated time and time again, our commitment to each other. So it's for us, it's all about um, fun, play, extracurriculars. We really don't have that jealousy, worry, or anything about losing each other. And when you Mm -hmm. don't have that, there's more room for joy, Mm -hmm. right? You only have so much space. And if you're filling that space with worry and jealousy, then, or lack of trust is really where all that comes from, then you don't have as much room for joy. And I want to go a little deeper on that, on that point that you just made about jealousy. And when you feel jealousy or you're feeling upset about a certain situation, that really comes down to an insecurity. And you need to look into that. Is that insecurity with yourself or is that an insecurity in your relationship with your partner? And that's where you have to dive into it. Because until you feel safe and secure, you can't explore into these deeper connections with other people. Very true. Well said. Well said. <laughs> if you had a crystal ball that would tell you, hey, in, in the future, you're still going to be with your partner. You're going to be madly in love. You guys are going to be so happy. It doesn't matter what happens. Imagine the freedom that that would give you, right? If you knew you didn't have any worry about what was going to happen. So, so much, especially in the lifestyle, is fear-based. And that's where Mm -hmm. the rules come from. That's where the boundaries come from. If you are setting rules for your partner, you are setting rules on your partner. And those rules are to make you feel better. But really the foundation of that, what's behind that is I need to install this rule in our relationship so I feel more comfortable. The Mm -hmm. less you have or the more you can open up and say, hey, I'm not going to really set these boundaries or these rules. I'm going to break this down. You go do what brings you joy. Don't hurt yourself. Don't cause harm to our family. And if you don't Mm. do those things, then you're having joy and you're happy. I feel very confident that she's going to come back to me. Uh, That's not a concern of mine. Like we've established these are extracurriculars and we love what we do and they're for the pleasure of each other. So, and to bring this back, that's compersion. Like you can, you have space for that compersion and joy that that other person is having and you see them enjoying themselves that it makes, you know, if I see him, it makes me enjoy that. Trust. That's where it all comes from. Because you can say, I trust you. But the only way to develop real trust is to demonstrate that to each other. And the mm-hmm. only way to demonstrate that is to be put in situations where you're allowed to demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. Right, So you have to let take the leash off and let that person demonstrate that they could be trusted, right? You can start by saying, okay, I trust you. I'll take the leash off. You demonstrate it. You come back. You've now ingrained more trust. That's the hard part is, is getting that. The easy part is losing it. It only takes a few times to break that trust consistently, Mm -hmm. two, three times in a row. And it's really hard to get that back. It takes a lot more work to get that back. Um, But if you can demonstrate it, that takes time, takes steps, phases, move at the slowest person. I've heard you guys talk about demonstrate that trust to each other and let that build. And when you have that, and then you're not worried 
am I going to lose her? Is she going to like this guy? Is she going to go off with her or him? Or All of those thoughts are nonsense when you have a partner that you can explore this type of relationship with. And then it's pleasure and fun. Yeah. So, so to go back to your original, the compersion, I couldn't really think of a specific moment. I think that being in group situations and seeing him play with others right in front of me and mm-hmm. seeing his joy is compersion. In the beginning, I didn't do a lot of anal. So if I could see him DP and him enjoy it so much, that would bring me joy. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be jealousy like, oh man, I wish wish I could take it in the ass like that. You know, it was more like, yeah, babe, go get it. You know, like you're not getting it here, but you're getting it over there, you know? Yeah. I think that's interesting. Like, so where compersion and jealousy are like very, uh, like it's a fine line for me is like, I'll, I'll come up with an example. So Jay went on a date and slept with this one woman that I've since met and love her. She's wonderful. However, I pride myself on my head giving skills. And he has always, you know, praised me for my head giving skills. Like, it's like, this is my thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he goes on a date. Most often he'll, he'll say like, oh yeah, she gave me head. It was good. Wasn't as good as yours. Like he'll always like throw that in there for me. (laughs) But with this one girl, he didn't say that. And so like, I was really happy for him that he was with her. But then like that one tiny, tiny aspect of it. And, you know, I love hearing all the details and I'm like, oh, so what positions did you do? Like, how did you get off? He was like, oh, I actually got off from like her giving me head. And I'm like, what? No, you didn't. How could she? Who is this woman? You know? And, uh, you know, so it's, 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 it's interesting. The, the triggers that can come up, but I do experience compersion. It's interesting. To observe. Did that trigger last? Um, Did that last? No, I could see, like, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh my God, shut up, V. Like, you know, you're good at giving head, and that doesn't mean that someone else is not good at giving head, and and that someone else can't be good at giving head. Both things can be true, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. take away from your skills. Don't worry, girlfriend. You know, like, I have to work myself this. Yeah. So no, I don't think it did last, but I did need to take a minute. And then I'm like, okay, great. And then next time he sees her, I'm like, so how was the head? What'd yeah. she do? <laughs> what can I add to my repertoire? You know? Yeah, right. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other part of that too is is, you know, having a sexual experience with someone, your relationship is so much more than just the sex. There are people that do get into relationships just for the sex and they don't last. Those relationships don't go anywhere. When two people are in a relationship together because they want to be with the other person, letting them have sexual experiences with other people really should be okay. Because then like Elle said, you can explore things with other people that your partner couldn't give to you. you Mm -hmm. Yep. What brings us back together is our relationship not how good she can suck my dick, which is also 10 out of 10. (laughs) Those things are pleasure, you know? 
They're extracurriculars. So have that yeah. conversion. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that um, you let that stuff come quick. You like you you see it, you let it come quick. And then uh, <laughs> some things yeah. you let go. And then other things sit for a really long time. Well, I think it's because I've worked through it. So I think we've talked about this with like jealousy in past conversations. It's like, you know, in the beginning of this lifestyle, like I had to, I would spend hours also because I was in quarantine and I had nothing else to do, but I would spend hours working through my jealousy and I would journal and I would look up quotes and like meditate and stuff like that. But just little by little over time, because I did the work each time, it got, you know, that much shorter each time. And that's what like therapy is about and everything. So I kind of like therapized myself through jealousy um, and still need to, but I have the tools so I can quickly come back. You know, I was jealous that he thought someone else's head was really good because jealousy is a fear-based emotion. And I was afraid that because her head giving skills were on par with mine, he might leave me for her. So, (laughs) so, so, so to that statement, would you agree that what I said earlier holds true here that jealousy is an insecurity with yourself or in your relationship. And so for you, there was some kind of insecurity in your relationship that you would have feared that he would leave you. I don't think it was about him. It it was about me. And it's like, oh, I have this thing that I can give. And I guess I kind of like attributed some self-worth and, and yeah, self-worth, let's say that, to mm-hmm. that aspect of myself and that skill. And so if someone else has it, it lessens my desirability, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. I think that's super common. That is a natural thought for everyone to think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's stuff that we have to work through. I'm glad, like, I hope people listen to that and take that point very seriously because relationships are not just about what your partner can do for you sexually, but your relationship should be about you and your partner and the sexual stuff. If you want to integrate other people, that's the whole point. That's the fun of it is to find people that can do different things and satisfy you in different ways and fulfill different Mm -hmm. fantasies. It's the differences that you're looking for. And if someone, uh, you know, you come across someone and your partner is like, wow, Gave really great head. Well, as good as head as I did. Uh, different, really good. Not exactly the same, but equally as good. Oh, what did what did uh, she do? Let me learn those techniques. I'll integrate that into mine, and then I'll go from uh, eleven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Right, it's an un- that uncomfortableness that you lean into and you learn from, and you take that as a learning moment. Mm. Full circle, baby. It's full circle, right there. Yeah. L, tell tell. Uh, everyone about your skill. What's your specialty? <laughs> My specialty. See, I'm proud. I'm a very, I'm a very proud guy. I do not. I have trained myself to not have a gag reflex. So it is very hard to make me gag. And so I can therefore deep throat very well for long periods of time, hold it down my throat 
as long as I need, as long as I can breathe or I've held my breath long enough, I don't have to take it out. <laughs> okay, so I have a question from a man's perspective. So I do have a gag reflex, like a- applause. <laughs> well done, not having one because I do I do applaud that in any woman. Like I've seen, you know, thirds for me and Jay who who don't have one and I'm like, "How the fuck do you do that? That's amazing." Like and I like pick her brain. But I do have a gag reflex and I actually find that men enjoy when I gag on their dick a little bit. Um, I think because it's not immediate, I love deep throating, but then after a little while, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like it gets a little sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. So Em, what's your take on that? A little bit of an evolution for me. I didn't like the gagging thing. it, It would stir up like a feeling of like guilt and like the girl didn't like it. So like, why do I want to do that? If she's not having pleasure, I'm not having pleasure. That's very much connected with me. It has to, I have to be confident that there's mutual pleasure happening. Um, but over time, I'd say, I don't know, maybe the last like year, two years, maybe Elle, you can chime in. Something started to like turn me on more like about that. Maybe it started because Elle doesn't have a gag reflex. So when she does, all of a sudden it was like, ooh, ooh, that was different, weird. But she would keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I – I Yeah, lately you've been turned on by it. The sound of it, the everything around it, I can – you always kind of moan around it. You're like, oh, yeah. Like you could hear the enjoyment that you have when you hear – to the point where some – I don't want to say that sometimes I make sounds when I'm – deep throating, but I will intentionally allow for sound to occur. And if it's happening, I will accentuate it because it sounds hot. You've been faking it it this whole time. (laughs) 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 I accentuate the vocals when they occur. And because I've noticed your response, you enjoy it. Well, because it's also like playing into that like submissive dominant, like uh, power play a little bit too. Um, I dated this man who he was really into like the, the kind of like daddy, like little girl kind of dynamic. And I played into it a little bit and I really started enjoying it. I was like, Oh my God, I'm like a little virgin. My little like virgin throat doesn't know how to handle this like big dick, you know? And, like, <laughs> Ever since Are then, these thoughts I've or is this what it. you would say? No. Would you think <laughs> this or you thoughts. would say this? These are thoughts. Oh, That's okay. so funny. <laughs> That's a good voice. <laughs> yeah, I think I think anytime and this is a female perspective of this, but like anytime a girl gags on a dick, as the male, you're like, Oh yeah, my dick is so big, you're choking mm-hmm. on it. You know, like what is the mindset behind that? Mm-hmm. Let me ask a question for for you girls. Do you feel like being able to take a dick deep down your throat or have like be able to deep throat is like the best move or like the pinnacle move or what you're supposed to do? Um, no, I think that there's a good blow jobs or variety, but I think that the ability to deep throat is a skill that some girls don't have. So to be able to do it is there's some kind of wow factor to it and a surprise factor because for me, when I deep throat a guy, I love hearing them say like, oh, oh, wow. 
oh, oh, wow, you're all the way down there. Like, oh my God. You know, and to hear and see their response. Or if there's a really big dick in my mouth, like a really large guy, and I hear them say, oh, wow, like that's the deepest anyone's ever gotten me. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yes, like, yeah, yeah, you did it, you know? (laughs) I secretly want to fist pump with a dick in my mouth. (laughs) I feel the same. It's like a party trick. <laughs> yes. Those same thoughts go through my head and I feel proud that I'm able to do that wow factor. That's yeah. That's a good but way to I, put it. I've also met guys that don't enjoy deep throating. They they don't they don't prefer it. They don't I have like their, yet their to meet to that be person. bent. I, I, there's actually one in our friend group, so you know who he is. Have I given him <laughs> head? Shit. I don't. You know, uh, we'll talk after the show here. Pillow <laughs> talk. Pillow talk. But yeah, so I've come across both sides where it is enjoyed and then not. Mm. I enjoy watching you because you can you can do that and you don't have a gag reflex. So exactly what you described, the response that you get is what I I lo- love to see. Like if we're playing, I'll like stop what I'm doing. Like I need to watch this for a second and see his reaction. The wow factor. Yeah. The wow yeah. factor. <laughs> but I will say that it should not be some sort of like specific goal to give good head. Mm. Good head. I've heard like the best the- head I get is when I know the girl is enjoying it, or at least she's yes. taking it very well. That's the <laughs> that is what I've heard so consistently from so many men, good head equals is the person enjoying it? Is the person enthusiastic? Like, do they do they just they can't get enough of my dick? And I'm like, yeah, like that that mm-hmm. actually tracks. Like, cause mm-hmm. when someone goes down on me, like there are very specific things that I need to actually get off from being gone down on, but like to enjoy it and like really just like lean into that. Like, are they are they devouring my pussy? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they just can't get enough. Like that's fucking hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's that being one hundred percent present and desire. Again, this comes back to that sh- that that topic of I don't want to say being selfish, but you're doing what you want to do. Like I'm going to suck this dick the way that I want to suck it, and you're just fully immersed in that experience. And yes, you're still conscious if the other person is enjoying it, but there's still a little bit of selfishness to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, this was a lovely chat, you guys. We could probably go on for hours and hours. I could (laughs) go on forever. I have so much more to give you girls. Oh, do you? Any final comments, any last words, any summaries, anything that you guys want to close with? Um, Is there anything you want to share about being a male in the lifestyle, about your experiences, about what you've learned, about, I don't know, anything. I think it's just you have some good little like nuggets. What advice would you give? Ooh. Be patient. Um, <laughs> be sympathetic. Be understanding, and go through the journey together. Mm. And you will never miss an opportunity 
I know early on for us, we would be in situations where like, should we do this? Should we not do this? And we're like, ah, this is probably like the only opportunity we're ever going to get to to do this. Not true. There'll always be not true. False. Yeah. <laughs> Just go at, at a nice slow pace, whatever's comfortable for you both. Demonstrate trust to each other. Love each other. Go through it as a partner. I don't have any advice for single males other than don't be creepy. Be kind. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insight. Thank you for having me. Thanks for going deep with us in more ways than one. (laughs) Amen. So deep. Stay tuned, guys. You'll you'll catch you'll catch M on another episode at some point in time. So hell yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Girls Gone Deep. Thank you, M. You can find us on uh, Instagram, Girls Gone Deep Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, anything you want to add or share about this conversation today, email us at girlsgonedeep at gmail.com. And we want to thank our sponsors, Horrible Life, which is the game of Have You Ever, All Things Sex and Kink. Um, We created these cards based on our personal experiences. So enjoy them as icebreakers, bring them to all your events. And we'll, we'll chat with you guys later. All right. Bye, guys.